Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning and welcome to the show. We have a good one planned for you this Wednesday, October 19th. A lot of ground to cover. Uh, We both had really big nights last night. Yes, we did. Uh, One had a bit more of a payoff than the other. Yes, it did. I went to see Lil Nas X in concert and he was phenomenal. Ugh, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, He's so yeah. cute, though. He's so great. I will say that it's always interesting to watch an artist tour their first album. Yeah. Because it's like where you see... Well, he did... Yes. He did a theater tour. So we were at the YouTube theater out at the SoFi Stadium, which is incredible, by the way. If you ever have a chance to go to this theater to see a show there, it's only seat 6,000. So, like, you're going to have a great seat. We were, like, ninth row. So it was amazing. And we didn't do floor seats. I'm a little too old for that. I didn't want to be on the floor. But we were ninth row and had the time of our lives. Uh, his his opening act was a little rough. It was, she was a DJ. She didn't really know what she was doing. So that was yeah. – I was like, oh, you need DJ Lisa Pittman. You need Listen, I don't somebody ever who knows what they're doing. To, like, say that Lisa's the best. But what we're also seeing is – this is the best. And also that people, like, learned how to DJ in the pandemic. Yeah. And – like TikTok era, and so now you're seeing all of that well, the, all in they do real is life. Press play on a MacBook, mm-hmm. and then there were no transitions between the music. She didn't have; she was terrible on the mic. Poor thing. I just felt so bad for her because she was horrendous. She looked great in her bodysuit, but that was it. Yeah. Um, but Lil Nas X was insane. Uh, his dancers. Oh, he had eight male dancers, and to see like a, like a, a stage full of like queer black men, right, living their best lives. Who could dance so masculine and so feminine at the same time? I'd never seen anything like it in my life, and it was kind of cool to see it. I felt I was I thought I was going to feel old there. There are a lot of older people actually. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was a good night. It was a good night. You uh, wasted your night though doing something I wasted uh, my day doing just recently, which was okay. So I'm very excited. Lisa and I are going to Greece, and we're like getting ready. So we adulted all day yesterday. We like really worked hard. So we said, okay, let's like watch something on television. Mm. Turn on Netflix. The Watcher. Watched it this weekend. Okay. We were really excited. Ryan Murphy, Seven Jennifer episodes. Coolidge. Yeah, Jennifer Coolidge, you can everything. Get through it. Yes. Naomi Watts. I mean, okay. Bobby Cannavale. Yeah. Bobby Cannavale, who is the, 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 lead? the husband. Yes. Okay. Also, Loki Hot. Yeah. He was from Walking Dead. Okay. Great. Yeah. On the most, like you said in the break, unrewarding show. I've ever watched. There's no payoff. There's no payoff. You don't know who the watcher is. You know nothing. You learn nothing by the end of it, and you're left. Uh, and what about what about the private investigator? Okay, okay. Like what? What was that plot twist? Made no sense. 
No, none of it made but it. But also, don't, did she... Okay, we, I don't want to say too much if you haven't watched don't it Don't want to ruin it for you. It is out now. Uh, it just came out not that long ago, but it was... But it was. In, but I wanted to watch it because it was also a true story. Yes, but they took a lot of uh, liberty. Mia Farrow plays a crazy neighbor in it. Like, she's nuts with the braids. Yeah. It's, 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 it's like, fun to watch, and then it gets to the end, and you're like, was there another episode I missed? Like, But it's also, like, kind of ne- depressing. They never wrapped it up. Never wrapped it yeah. up. And maybe it's because they never wrapped up the case, but like. But they took a lot of uh, like a lot of liberties in the telling of the story, though, because they made up a lot of stuff for the show. Yeah. To flesh it out. Yeah. And they could have done that with an ending too, but. A million percent. It's worth the watch, but don't expect to feel satisfied at the end. You won't. Reminds me a lot of dates I went on in my twenties. <sighs> That's what it is. Want to do some quick news on the beat? You got it, babe. Okay. Uh, the family of George Floyd is preparing to file a lawsuit against Kanye West for his recent comments. Refuting the circumstances of Floyd's death, a statement released by the Witherspoon Law Group and Dixon and Dixon Attorneys at Law announced that Roxy Washington, the mother of Floyd's daughter, who is a minor, is working to file a $250 million lawsuit for misappropriation, defamation, and infliction of emotional distress against Wes, who has legally changed his name to Ye. Now, attorneys for family of George Floyd have issued a cease and desist letter to Kanye West, For his comments about the man whose 2020 death at the hands of Minneapolis police sparked a world outcry against police brutality, the statement said. The documentary made by conservative pundit Candace Owens titled The Greatest Lie Ever Sold, George Floyd and the Rise of BLM, and alleged that Floyd's death was caused by fentanyl, uh, which medical experts determined uh, was not the cause of death. Oh, Lord. Let's get into weather. 57 in D.C., 67 in Dallas, 67 in Seattle, 80 in San Francisco, 93 in L.A., and 93 in Palm Springs. That give us a vibe of the day. Also, he was not in Walking Dead, just so we're clear. I just said oh, okay. that, and then I realized it was very wrong. Here's our vibe of the day. Okay. Lil Nas X. That's it. He's a vibe. If you're vibe. Not, if you're not into him yet, this guy's doing things nobody's ever done before, and he's really just doing it in the face of a lot of, like, a lot of pushback. As a queer black man and still like finding the way through, and that is so so impressive. Uh, go listen to some Lil Nas X music today because it's uh, it's fun. The album's great. Yeah. And he did, he did Old Town Road, and I was like, how's he going to do this? They brought out basically a huge puppet horse with two of the dancers in the front and the back, and it was this big oh, I love metallic it. horse. It was really cool. I love that. Yeah. Low key, I've always sort of wanted to live in a haunted house to see how long I could last. I, I just read a thriller that I finished the other day, this weekend, mm-hmm. and it was called Home Before Dark Okay. by Riley Sager. Okay. And it would seem that the the protagonist, the, the main character of the book, was living in a haunted house. There are some twists and turns along the way, but it was terrifying. And I was thinking to myself the entire time, I wonder how long I would last. You're a wild man. I wonder how long I'd make it. Okay. Right? Because I love this stuff in theory. But in actuality, it might terrify me. Well, this couple in Gainesville, Texas, claims that their home is haunted by, wait for it, horned up ghosts, as in horny ghosts, ready to get it on. What? Take a listen. I was in here. Through the curtain, a dark figure whispered, looking good. And then he turned and walked off. Linda assumed it was her husband until her husband walked in. And he said, who were you talking to? And it was like, oh my God. He swore it wasn't him. It really is haunted. 
Rumor has it, the house used to be a bordello, which may explain why the ghosts here are, how do I say this? Sexual. Uh, yeah, uh, okay. No other way to put it. Audio recordings have caught the ghosts talking dirty. Oh baby, oh baby, yeah. Yeah, I like it like that. See, not so bad, Michaela. What is happening in this world? She lives in a former bordello. Okay, well, listen, all they, look, you think people don't want to still be intimate in the afterlife? You think it just goes away? No, it's primal. Oh my gosh, this is wild to me. Well, I just watched. You would like it, though. Like, you're the type, you act like, you act like you're like this, like, um, I'm so scared. You're a bad bitch at heart. Because here's why I know. If there were a ghost in your home telling you you looked fierce, <gasps> they want to get it. They're all horny for you. You're right. Doesn't matter who it is. Male, oh female, Call non-binary right ghost. How long they've been dead, you would be into it. Call me out right now. I know Call you. Call me out right now. You're a thousand percent right. One compliment and she's like, I'm all in. Lisa, we're not getting rid of the ghost. We're not moving. Uh, welcome, Casper, the friendly ghost. <laughs> oh my God. Did you love Casper as a kid? I loved it with Christina Ricci. So good. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, yeah. Listen, I think they're only scary if... They're like trying to kill you. But I do believe in spirits. I do believe in afterlife. Totally. And I think that um, if they're like peaceful or complimentary in this case. Yeah, that, that part. Um, they can stay. What, Just be cool. What would you do if you're taking a shower and you feel like there's somebody behind the curtain saying, ooh, looking good. Okay, well, listen. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I told this story before and it was wild. When, this was probably about 10 years ago, my old apartment, I was sleeping and I saw this like beautiful woman in this mm. royal blue dress. Mm. And when I opened my eyes, she was not standing there. So then again, I went back to sleep and she was standing over me. And when I woke up, my dog was there. And they say sometimes they communicate they through your animals. Know. So then I was in the shower, like a few days later, washing my hair. And I heard Michaela, but it wasn't a scary Michaela, but it was a Michaela. And it was this woman in this blue dress. And finally I got freaked out and I was like, hey girl, I don't know what message you're trying to share to me, but like I'm scared and I'm not into it. Like I'm not open to this right this minute. I'm sorry. Never came back again. Oh, she was a kind ghost, a friendly yeah. ghost. Yeah. And do gorgeous know, and fierce. Dogs do know. I think we've been in situations before where our dog will randomly start barking into the air. <sighs> And won't stop up, like, and he'll go stand between us and whatever it is. He's a woodle. He's like the sweetest thing in the world. He would never attack anybody, but he tries to act. He tries to like post up and act like he's a tough guy, but he'll stand there between us and bark at something in the air. And we're like, "There's nothing there. There's nothing there, Kingston." Yeah. But like, is there? Well, you even in the Watcher, when yep. the dog at the end is barking at nothing, uh-huh. they say though, even Bruno and Rocco, they'll stare sometimes. They just know, and you're like, okay. We were at the West Hollywood Dog Park. I took my dog while Emil was gone last week, and there was a, a there was a a man who walked by in the alleyway. You know, the alleyway behind Rocco's where the shrubs are. Yes, and he started like saying stuff over the fence, and he seemed like. I don't know that he was like like unhoused, but he seemed like he could be violent. He just had a weird energy about him that I picked up on immediately. And he had this weird, creepy grin on his face. And all of the dogs, no kidding, 15 dogs, all lined up and started barking at him. So, including my dog, Kingston, who doesn't bark, barking aggressively and all like lined up between their owners and protect. It was the wildest thing. Wait, what? They just felt this guy's energy and all the owners kind of looked at each other like, oh, they know. What'd the guy do? He was kind of like taunting a little bit. The dogs? And, yeah, and, the, and but not like but he was over a fence behind shrubs and they knew and they're like, nope, stay away. 
stay out. That's Sent chills great. down my spine. Oh my Seen gosh! Fifteen dogs line up between their owners and and this fence was the coolest thing. Yeah, but they listen. Dogs, big or small, they know, and I love that. That's why yeah. I like dogs are best or, or man's best friend. Amen. Marco, I love you, babe. Uh, right now, it's time for a what's popping. You have a, an update on my girl Wendy Williams. Yes. What's going on? All right. Well, Wendy Williams has left rehab after nearly two months of treatment. The former talk show host Srep tells Page Six that Williams is back at home and healing. We are happy to report that Wendy Williams is home and healing after being in a wellness facility since August. Wendy is excited about the road ahead and looking forward to releasing her many projects. Um, They also added, thank you to my fans for your love, support, and many prayers. I'm back and better than ever from Wendy Williams. And uh, that's what's going on. The It was reported in September that the former shock jock checked back into a treatment facility after relapsing with alcohol. And um, she felt like uh, her production company had really turned their backs on her and they had too much control over her while she was so vulnerable. So, you know, none of this is shocking, mm. but I'm happy that she went to rehab and I, I hope she makes a really strong recovery. I do too. Um, I, it breaks my heart. I worked with her for so many years, and these last couple of years, she's really, especially, honestly, I think the pandemic did a lot to everybody, but it started before that for her, finding out that her husband of all those years, Kevin, had a child out of wedlock and was cheating on her, and and it's it's a lot to become, she was known for going there, right, on celebrity gossip, and she became the celebrity gossip. It's a lot, Um, and she struggled with drug and alcohol addiction for many years. I don't know what lies ahead for her. I don't blame Debmar Mercury. That's the production company you talked about. They're the ones who own the Wendy Williams show, uh, which has now been flipped to Sherry, the Sherry Shepard show. Yeah, and it's doing well, apparently. It's doing really well. And uh, almost the entire team that works for Wendy is working for Sherry now. I know them all. I worked with them for so long. And um, they're loyal. And and they kept that show on the air an entire season last year without her doing one episode. Yeah. So, I mean, they gave her time. She had a lot of opportunities, and this was not the first time she stepped away either. So, absolutely. At some point, if you're the host of the Wendy Williams show, Wendy Williams needs to be in the building. Yeah. So, I, I, I just hope she's getting better. Yeah, and I if hope she, so too. She does have projects in her. I hope they work out for her. I just, yeah, wish her the best, mm. the, very much the best. All right, coming up in our next AWA, Red, White, and Q student loan forgiveness applications are now open. We'll tell you everything you need to know. There's a few twists and turns we'll discuss next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. We have a great hour coming up for you. Um, it's hump day. It is hump day. Are you having a happy one? Yes, I am. Wednesdays are fun. Yeah, Wednesdays are cool. We're they're, getting closer to the weekend, and that's yes. what's important here. They're better than Tuesdays, I'll say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not quite as good as Thursdays, though. No. Fridays are the best. Yes. Mm. We love Fridays. Well, it's I'm, what we want. I'm interested to have this conversation this hour because Joe Biden's plan to uh, forgive student loans is very simple. You go on the site. It takes a minute or two. You fill out your application. Bingo, bingo, bongo. You could be 10 to 20 grand richer. Okay, and seems simple. Had it come out a year sooner, I could have done it. Turns out I make too much money. Okay. What about the 15 years where I didn't make any money and where I was trying to desperately pay my student loans? And I did. I kept up for the most part. I missed a few payments. But now what now what do we do? I I get nothing. Nothing. It seems like a bit. It seems like a big problem, actually. And. I'm curious to know if there's actually a solution or if I'm just out ten to $20,000. Yeah. We'll see. We're talking to an expert this hour on student loan forgiveness uh, who's going to be walking us through the process. They're joining us from the Washington Post, hopefully with some information that could make me some money. I would like that forgiveness. Yeah, absolutely. Because I've just been paying interest for 20 years. Yeah. It's ridiculous. The whole system is a mess, I tell you. It is a mess. So we're having that conversation in red, white, and Q coming up this hour. Also this hour, uh, Cara Delevingne. She's what's popping. We, I love Cara Delevingne. I met her last year at Dinah Shore, and she said I was beautiful, and you know how I feel about compliments. Mm. I lost all track of time. I was like, hey, girl. And she was like, wow, you're beautiful. And I was like, um, I, w- I just would like to take a moment on the microphone to say publicly Cara Delevingne said I was beautiful. So if you guys could just think about that and then take a moment of silence. I've had two horrendous celebrity <laughs> interviews in my entire life, and Cara Delevingne is one of them. Oh. Cara Delevingne. And Steve Martin. Well, I don't know if her interview was great. She just said I was beautiful. That's what I was focused on. <laughs> she was mean as all. Oh my get out god! To me. How have I waited this long to tell you this? Speaking of this, yesterday I was adulting so hard. I went to the car wash. I'm sitting at the car wash, and Linda Perry sitting there. Yes, we love Linda. We've had Perry. her on the show. Yes, we have. So I said. Whatever, it's in a period. I asked her if she was dating a week after she and Sarah Gilbert yeah, that was filed a, for divorce. Yeah, that was a rough time. Gee. So I went up to her and I go, hey, Linda, I'm the host of The Morning Beat, and we interviewed you during the pandemic, and I want to say it was a really great interview. And she's like, oh, thanks, Michaela. And I was like, yeah, okay, well, just wanted to let you know it was great, and hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And she was like, well, thank you so much. I hope you do too, right? Cut. The end. I'm like, great, the end. She gets up and leaves. This guy sitting next to me goes, I'm sorry, did you say you interviewed Linda Perry? And I was like, uh, yeah. And he was like, wow. And you liked it? And I was like, uh, yeah. And he was like, oh, because I was a interview. Uh, I interviewed her for The Vice a couple years ago. Complete opposite. <laughs> and I go, oh, really? And why is that? And he goes, well, I don't want to drag this guy. But he goes, 
oh, she just came in with all this swagger and this attitude. And then do you know what she said? And I go, what'd she say? And he goes, I'm Linda effing Perry. Yeah, she is. And I go, well, she is. Yeah, where's the problem? And I, don't, he goes, I don't hear it, sir. Well, it was just so like, I couldn't believe somebody would say that. And I was like, was it very male heavy in that interview room? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, do you think that women sometimes need to come in a little bit harder to remind you who they are when they're the only women in the room? Yep. And he was like, uh, well, you and, know, And no. instead of thinking she's a bitch, maybe think that she's just trying to make her presence known and Hello? Get, get your respect. So he thought I was going to drag Linda and I let his white cis male privilege little butt know I'm not the wait, one. Wait, wait, wait. I'm a white cis male. He's I hope, probably straight. I, I hope he was straight. I, I think he was straight. I probably. Also, he kind of was they're looking the, at my boobs. So the, I feel yeah, like that's what was happening. They're the absolute worst. Okay. Straight men, we hate you. Go for it. Just kidding. Love. I'm just kidding. We love straight men. That was just most, a bad joke. Most of you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in March, Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds signed an anti-trans sports bill into law to ban K-12 through and college trans girls from playing women's sports. Now, Iowa school districts are unsure whether to follow state or federal law. They've been forced to decide whether to adhere to the anti-trans bill or to the federal anti-discrimination policies put forth by the Biden administration. Last summer, in an opinion um, on Title... AJ, help me. Title IX? Are you talking about Title IX? Thank you. The Department of Education announced (laughs) increased protections for LGBTQ students. The law bans discrimination on the basis of sex in schools. I love when you just look at me and I don't have a news story in front of me and I'm like, what is she she trying to say right now? Fix it. Fix it. (laughs) Uh, Okay, let's get into weather. 59 in Boston, 48 in Chicago, 79 in Miami, 87 in Vegas, 93 in LA, and 93 in Cathedral City. Now give us a vibe of the day. Difficult roads often lead to beautiful destinations. If life's a little rough right now. We all go through those seasons. Just hang in there. Absolutely. I am American, American, American. That's right. We're all American here and uh, very proud of it sometimes. Mm. And part of being an American, I feel like, in this day and age, is being buried in student loan debt. You're lucky, Michaela. You went on American Idol and took a different career path. Uh, my husband, also kind of lucky. He got a full-ride scholarship because he's the son of a pastor. Good so he got boy. to go to a Methodist school. Yeah, me, not so much. I've been I've been out here paying off my student loans for, I don't know, 15, 20 years now. And I think I graduated college in 2006. And I checked about a year or so ago. You graduated college in 2006? Yeah. Oh, that's the year I graduated high school. Yeah, so I graduated back in 2006. And about a year or so ago, I looked to see all the student loans I've paid so far. And I realized I owed the same that I owed 15 years ago. And I was like, what's going on? I was just paying interest. So I'm finally paying down the principal now. But Joe Biden's uh, promise to forgive ten dollars to $20,000 of student loan debt has come to fruition. The site is up. And joining us now from the Washington Post is a national higher education reporter who covers college affordability, accountability, and the state and federal financial aid policies. Please welcome to the program Danielle Douglas-Gabriel. Uh, or Gabriel, is it, Danielle? How did I say your last name? Uh, Douglas Gabriel. Thank you for having me. Gabriel, Danielle. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. It's really fascinating um, to see this finally go into into effect. And Joe Biden said that just the beta version alone got 8 million applications filled out uh, pretty quickly. Uh, What are you hearing about the, the process? Yeah, so from what I'm hearing from borrowers, it's really simple. A lot of people were able to finish the application within two minutes. 
since the president's uh, official uh, release of the application on Monday, uh, I think another four million people applied mm-hmm. that day. So we have about 12 million people thus far, and I'm sure many more since then. And then also yesterday, the Department of Education announced that it is contacting and emailing people whose information, income information they have on file so they could get automatic debt relief, meaning they don't have to apply for it. So that's another 8 million people who may take advantage. Those folks can also opt out of debt relief. And you'd be surprised to know, but at least more than 100 people have already opt out. They do not want the money. So we may see more of that. I'll take theirs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's Please. crazy. Well, this is, it's fascinating because, Danielle, it, it, so I'll be honest. I went on yesterday. I graduated college about uh, 16 years ago, okay? And I went on yesterday just to see because I have federal loans. I'm like, oh, this is great. I would love to get some relief. And it's based on taxes from 2020 and 2021. 2020 is the first year in my career that I've worked consistently the entire year through. And the first year that I, I think out of, except for maybe one other year, where I made a, over $125,000 a year. So based on that application, I get nothing. And I missed it by just a few thousand dollars. However, there were 15 years where I struggled and struggled and went into forbearance and deferment over and over again, trying to keep afloat. So for people like me, we're just SOL? I mean, it's an unfortunate thing that the income threshold really does kind of put a lot of people who are very much like you kind of may have struggled in all of the the years after college, certainly not making as much as six figures and then kind of hitting that cutoff. And I think that was one of the reasons we saw a lot of advocates saying there should be no income threshold. Mm. The debt is the debt for lots of people because the vast majority of folks with uh, student loans are working class and lower income people and middle income people. And they are not, you know, the doctors and lawyers that are being trotted out as the face of student debt. Um, So there, you know, there's still a lot of of folks who are very unhappy about these kinds of thresholds that are put in place, as well as a lot of folks who are unhappy that people even had to apply. Yeah. Uh, Many people had really um, urged the the department and the the Biden administration to do automatic release, Mm. but, there were problems in terms of the bureaucracy of having people's income information on file to do that and yeah. working with Treasury. You can't really, you know, share a lot of people's personal information between agencies unless there's like a, a memorandum of understanding. So it became really complicated. And I think that's why they went this route. As for the threshold, I get the sense that the president really didn't want to feed into the perception that this policy was going to benefit wealthy people well that, right? okay so, so yeah let's talk that about that idea. though I, I i hear that in theory and listen i voted for joe biden begrudgingly honestly <laughs> he was like my fifth choice and i was like all right old, old grandpa joe oh, is vo- trump your first choice yeah, definitely not but just kidding. i'm just kidding it's, i think it's also it's it feels like a very basic the number is so arbitrary right it's just it's just a random number that feels like they pulled out of nowhere and mm. and just because i make that money here in los angeles that's very different than living in Ohio or Iowa or Indiana or Oklahoma. Like, to make six figures in L.A., you're barely scraping by. So I think that's the most frustrating part of it all. Certainly. I mean, I, I'm hearing the exact same thing from lots of borrowers who are in your situation. People who live on the coast 
which are exceedingly expensive places to live. If you're in New York, yeah. California, but we're the ones you know, we're the ones paying the taxes, though. We're the ones supporting the rest of the country. I, I, this yeah. is the argument I'm hearing constantly, so I, I fully understand. And you know, I think that that is not going to go away. That criticism of this program and the critique of the kind of arbitrariness of the cutoffs, and mm. and I, you know, I fully understand where people are coming from with that. I will say, as somebody just as, as an outsider looking in, I feel like it's just incredibly unfair and i i feel really bad i mean imagine spending all this time paying and then you finally get a, a chance of relief well you think you're doing what's but you're right. a dollar over <laughs> yeah you know because someone like me well someone in my 20s maybe right now but someone in my 20s would be like i'm not paying this it's not fair you put me in a rock and a hard place and i'm yeah. not going to do it but a lot of people don't have that luxury because uh i recently found out that if you don't it, it's forever on your name and if you pass for whatever reason it will then be shared to your spouse or your children is that yeah. correct well no so your your individual student loans when you die it's, it's over it's not oh, unless you, you are co- I said stop paying i told you that last all week. i have to do to get out of them is die <laughs> oh no let that not be an option for yeah. you but certainly i mean if someone co-signs a loan and that that's typically what you're seeing in the private student loan space that's a different situation. The person who co-signed maybe will be held responsible for that loan if the other person dies. So that's that's a bit different. But in the federal space, no. Once your your debt is discharged, once you are no longer with us, is that your plan, Michaela? Go You're back welcome. to school. Go back to school. Please now don't and let die. that be. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Danielle idea. Douglas Gabriel, thank you so much for joining us and having this conversation. It's a very very important one that our listeners needed. So thank you. Thank you. How do we feel about people that take their pets everywhere? Don't say anything, Michaela. Here's the question. Go on. Dear Miss Manners, to avert a tirade of angry comments, let me start by saying that my husband and I love dogs and have had one most of our lives. But back in the day, a few years ago, pre-pandemic, most people didn't take their dogs with them wherever they went. Now that people are starting to socialize again, it's not uncommon when they arrive at someone's home to find that just about everyone has brought their dog, sometimes even two or three. Michaela has two. While my husband can handle one dog at a time, too many in one place triggers his allergies to the point of migraines, and I also get stuffy. Uh, This is especially true with small dogs who have a tendency to jump in laps or snuggle up on a sofa and cover it with dander. Is there anything we can do without going back into pandemic quarantine? Uh, How can we we deal with this, right? Like, how can we go back to how things were before – and get people to maybe see that bringing your dog everywhere isn't the move. Or is it? I don't know. You know, I'm not a bring your dog everywhere kind of girl at all. And I never have been. More so because it gives me anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. I, it has actually nothing to do with anybody else. they misbehave else. or they bark or they, or they pee in the corner. Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm terrified. Uh-huh. I'm terrified of Rocco. Um, but last week, Lisa was out of town with Bruno, our other dog, and I just felt so bad for pathetic little Rocco. He's not allergenic, so I didn't feel like he would um, impose any allergies on anybody. Yeah. But, you know, my hours were weird, too. And 6 we know to 10 him. Yeah. We both so, spent a lot of time with him, Vanessa and I. Of course. So I brought him. I brought his little bed. I knew he'd be well-behaved with the both of you, which he was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's all circumstantial. You know, there's another guy here that brings his dog every day and leaves his turds in the hallway. Yeah. That, so it's okay. like, where does the law, where is the line drawn? Apparently, there are a few people who bring their dogs. And I don't, I listen, I don't mind your dog in studio from time to time. It doesn't bother me. He's cute. He's sweet. He comforts me. Right? But when multiple people in an office 
environment or bringing their dogs. And I almost stepped on dog poo walking to go get a coffee a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. That's gross to me. Because that's not a responsible dog. I don't blame the dog. I blame the dog owner. Absolutely. I think that's where where the like boundary has to be drawn. Because also, sometimes when you see a dog, it changes the whole environment. Of course changes it does. changes the mood. You're yes. like, oh my God, give me a kiss. I would never, ever in a million years show up to somebody's home with my dog without first talking to them. Never, though. Like, never. Like we... we so my cousin used to live here, and I'm going to see her in, in Columbus, Ohio this weekend. She moved home. But when she lived here, she had a house. You've been to the house. And they had a dog who passed away. And even when the dog was alive and after the dog passed away, I still asked, can I bring Kingston? Do you mind? If not, I'll totally leave him at home. Not a problem at all. And she would always say, absolutely, bring him. People just show up. I can't imagine. Like, you brought your dogs over one time, but we all talked about it ahead of time. And you decided we were doing something for the holidays last year or a couple of years ago, I think. And so you and Lisa showed up with the dogs and we're like, that's cool. That's fine. Bring, bring at least one of them. I think you brought, and that's fine. I have friends who have dogs and we have dog play dates planned. That's fine too. You don't show up to a party with an animal though, like um, without announcing it to the, to what even, you, some kind of animal. Well, even if they have a dog, do you know what I mean? Cause I think sometimes people think, Oh, they have a dog. They don't mind. I'll bring mine. No, no, because also, listen, my, I will use my house, for example, if you bring your dog over, not King, because we have them, they've mm-hmm. met, they love it, blah, blah, blah. But if you come to my house for the first time, Rocco and Bruno are very protective. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be like, what's up, dog? They're going to be like, yeah. get out of our house. Yeah. Get well, out. We brought our dog to, so our friend Sinead, who you know, she was on uh-huh. our wedding, and she, uh, her parents were having like a 4th of July get together, right, in their backyard. On the 4th of July, obviously. And they're like, go ahead and bring Kingston. It's fine. We're like, are you sure? I don't know. Is there going to be a place for them? To... Oh, yeah. They'll play in the backyard. Great. We have a dog, too. Great. We get there. Everybody brought their dogs. There were like four or five dogs. And the backyard wasn't huge. And we were also having dinner in it. And spending the entire day in it. Under, like, a tent. So these dogs were running like maniacs. And then there were also, like, three or four little kids and dogs and kids, there's no differentiating. They're the same. No. Once they get together, they run in packs. The kids and the dogs, like, yeah. they're all exactly the same. They're all insane. And it was the most exhausting day of my life. I was like, too many dogs. I would rather have left my dog at home. So don't bring your dog to a party unless unless you absolutely have to, have to and you've gotten permission first. Amen, sister. So I've told you that I've had two celebrity interviews in my entire life that both I wish I could have never lived through. One was Steve Martin. He was a raging, raging a-hole. That makes me feel so bad because I feel like you love him. I did. I was so excited. I was like, you're one of the biggest celebrities I've ever met in my life and you're such a jerk. Maybe he was having a bad night. I don't know. He made me feel terrible. He like belittled me, which is never fun. The only other person I ever had an experience similar with was a supermodel by the name of Cara Delevingne. She's your what's poppin' story. Why? Okay, well, listen, as we all know, all you have to do is compliment me once and I'll love you forever. So she thought I was beautiful at Dinah Shore two years ago, and I've taken that with me and held it in my pocket because she so, is, in fact, a awesome. supermodel. So you've taken her side over your best friend's. No, I just said that Say less. a supermodel sounds me. Say Outrageous less. demands for an upcoming docu-series made Karen DeLevine realize that she's more of a prude than she thought. The model revealed that she was told to take her underwear off while filming a masturbation seminar for Hulu's Planet Sex. She said, I went in thinking it was going to be a classroom and I'd have a notepad and instead it was a pink leather gym mat on the floor with six people going, well, take your underwear off. Oh my God, this is the lube. 
Um, she said, I didn't realize I was so prude. I think I'm a pretty hip, young, cool, down with anything kind of girl. But I was like, sorry, what? And absolutely not. I will not do that. Um, she did not feel comfortable wow, at all. That's a lot. Um, hello. That's crazy. Yeah, I'd be very uncomfortable with that. Like, I don't, like, listen, I think that some people take some creative liberties when they say, well, it's art. Right? A, a thousand percent. Like, come on. You're a weirdo. Why are you all in the room? Why are you all on set right now? Well, but oddly enough, in response to Planet Sex, uh, she noted she did have reservations filming the show, which now premieres November 29th. But she said, one day you're going to get your blood taken while having an orgasm. The next day you're going to a porn library. I was like, right, okay, screw my head back on. This is crazy. It's a lot. The way that we normalize things that are actually not normal in Hollywood... And the way that we don't talk about things that are completely normal. Exactly. Like, like a woman's menstrual cycle or, or, or giving birth or like like those sorts of things are so taboo. But this, they're like, oh, it's art. Let's make her get naked in front of a bunch of men and film the scene. Yeah. That's weird. So weird. I presume they're men because men run everything in Hollywood. So, But that's on me. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. You know what? You're a good man. I am a good man. Love you. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. We have a fantastic hour coming up for you on The Morning Beat. Uh, a lesbian mom is stifling her daughter's queer sexuality... For fear of losing financial support. Well, she better quit. And Reddit has thoughts. That oh, sounds gosh. wild, actually. I, have you ever been in the position where your mom or dad's like, I need money? Or like family members, like, I need money? Babe, that's my whole life story. My dad sold my song that we wrote together while I was on American Idol. I remember I was with skate. you. I was with you and somebody asked you for money. 
and we were at Six Flags. Oh, wow. And, uh-huh. and you broke down and started crying. You're like, oh, I can't keep doing this. And I said, don't then. Yeah. And you were like, really? I'm like, yeah, don't. Well, I couldn't because I don't have it. Well, but even if you do, don't. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, totally. Certain people in your life, you can like, you you can borrow money for a little bit of time and then pay them back, or maybe borrow money with the understanding that, listen, I can't afford to pay you back, and that's okay if that's understood. But time after time after time after time, it's a little bit tricky. Yeah. And this this lesbian mother is problematic. Now, is she a lesbian mother or the mother of a lesbian? Stay tuned and find out here on the Morning Beat <laughs> in 12 minutes from right now. Also, uh, Matthew Perry. Major revelation, uh, how bad it really was while he was playing Chandler Bing on Friends and what saved his life. You've got that story for us and what's popping at the end of the hour. I still love Friends. Listen, I know it's kind of problematic. It's six white people. They're all very cis, hetero. I get it. But it's still a really funny show. Yeah. And I loved it. So uh, can't wait to hear about the details on that. You know, he. Uh, I watched the Friends reunion on HBO Max like a year or two ago whenever it came out. And that was the thing that sort of like set off. Like I think the Fresh Prince did a reunion after that, and a lot of different shows were doing those specials. Harry Potter did one, and it was so cool to see those six people back on set, you know, and in the cent- Central Perk and in the apartment, and all those iconic sets they recreated from Friends. And I would watch. They're not. They would never do a reboot, but I would watch it again. They actually still have the exact same chemistry in person. All six, really? Yeah, they did so many. They just sent ten seasons together. Um, that's, that's like an iconic ensemble. I just want to know why Rachel Green, mm-hmm. Jen Aniston, mm-hmm. is still single. I know, right? And not to say that a woman cannot be single. The real one. She's an I. She is an Rachel, independent. Rachel Green is not single. She's married to Ross right, Geller, but right. Jennifer Aniston, yeah. But yeah. I, I've always wondered that. I, I really did think like her and Brad were going to get back together, which is so problematic and toxic for me to say out loud. Because Jennifer Aniston's best friends that. in the entire world. Courtney Cox and Lisa Kudrow. Right. Yeah, in the real world. They're actually best friends, which is I, a part of the reason I think the show's so iconic. They're all really good friends in real life. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Maybe she just has her girlfriends. That's all she needs. Maybe she's a big lesbian. Do you follow Courtney Cox on Instagram? No, is she wild? She's a blast. Is she? Played tennis the other day. It was, she's hilarious. She does the dumbest dumbest stuff. Oh, and my God. I love that. She played tennis the other day, and she makes a pizza randomly from scratch in a pizza oven one day. Another day, she's like... Uh, she just, she's random. She plays the piano. Very talented. Well, her daughter plays the piano, so, and she's like a, an incredible singer as well. Oh, there you have it. I like to talk about these people, actually. You want to talk about news? No, I want to look at Courtney Cox now. Do news on the beat. Okay, well, uh, the FIFA World Cup 2022 is just a month away from its big kickoff, but certain groups of supporters are being warned they may be in danger if they travel to Qatar, the Middle Eastern country, still deems homosexuality to be illegal and it refuses to recognize anyone who has transitioned from their gender at birth. World Soccer Federation FIFA and the Qatari government have continually stated that the tournament will be inclusive and that everyone will be welcome from when it begins in November 2020. All right, another news. The family of George Floyd is preparing to file a lawsuit against Kanye West for his recent comments refuting the circumstances of Floyd's death. A statement released by the Witherspoon Law Group and Dixon and Dixon Attorneys at Law announced that Roxy Washington, the mother of Floyd's daughter, who is a minor, is working to file a $250 million lawsuit for misappropriation, defamation, and infliction of emotional distress against West, who has legally changed his name to Ye. Attorneys for family of George Floyd have issued a cease and desist letter to Kanye West, 
for his comments about the man whose 2020 death at the hands of Minneapolis police sparked a worldwide outcry against police brutality. The documentary, made by conservative pundit Candace Owens, titled The Greatest Lie Ever, sold George Floyd and the Rise of BLM and alleged that Floyd's death was caused by fentanyl and not asphyxiation, which medical experts determined was the cause of death. Wow. All right, let's get into other 57 in D.C., 67 in Dallas, 67 in Seattle, 80 in San Francisco, 93 in L.A., and 93 in Palm Springs. Now give us a vibe of the day. Difficult roads often lead to beautiful destinations. It's absolutely right. Listen, if the road's a little bit tough right now, look at that as an opportunity. It will get better. It always does. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It does. Sometimes. This is an interesting conversation. People who maybe use you for financial gain, right? This mother doesn't want her lesbian daughter to come out because she's afraid of the judgment that could come with it. And the lesbian daughter's helping pay her bills. What do you do? I don't know. This is a tough one and it kind of runs close to home. Um, I, First of all, any parent that's financially dependent on their child is um, a very difficult place to be. Like, unless you really have to because you're unable to work or whatever, I I just never think it's appropriate for the parent to solely rely on the child if the child is also barely, you know, getting by or whatever. Um, uh, I just think that this woman isn't necessarily right. I think it's it's kind of messed up. My dad sort of did something similar to me. He wrote this book. Uh, song with me when I was younger and then he sold it while I was on American Idol and said Ooh, that he didn't yeah and um it it literally the strain that it puts in between like a parent and a child when it comes to finances it's very odd well it's really really difficult I've been in you know family situations where and I've been in relationships with with men over the years whose family like reach out because they need money all the time, and then we come to find out that they've been reaching out to other people as well, and 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 it's very very complicated and very complex to have these sort of conversations. Listen, it's difficult though to pay your bills in the best of time in the best of times, but like I think that I think the thing about some parents is that they get put in a position where they can't provide for their family the way they thought they were going to be able to once they had a family, right? And so then the kids are expected to like kick kick in some money. I was working from the time I was 13. My parents never asked me for a penny. Luckily, my first job, I made $2.95 an hour and I worked 60 hour work weeks at a swimming pool. So I wasn't making any money anyways. Right. But I think it taught me a good work ethic. I understood the, the importance of earning a living wage at a very young age, even though I didn't have to live off that wage. I think when you put the pressure on your kids, to stifle any part of themselves or to maybe not really blossom as a, as a teenager so that they can assist in your day-to-day bills, that's problematic. Yeah. And and you're not doing that kid any favors. You're going to continue the cycle. And, and, and I get it. We all need some help from time to time. And if you're the adult, who do you turn to? Yeah, it's just rough. It's, it's rough being uh, a child... Um to a parent that uh, is lacking is lacking and isn't fully an adult all the time and you know I say I said it with hesitancy because I as everybody knows I have a whole song on my album about it I came from a pretty dysfunctional family but yeah. it's not that I was ever turned off by the dysfunction I was just turned off by the unwillingness to get help 
And I think mm-hmm. that I have family like that too. I yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like it's like after a while you just gotta stop, babe. And for any parent, like I could never look at my niece, mm. maybe I'm just a different person, and be like, Okay, financially, you know, you'll you'll take care of me when you're old enough. Never. Um unless never. unless she was making so much money. No, you wouldn't. Even then you wouldn't. I wouldn't. But no. I'm trying to like rationalize. No, I think it's cultural. I think it's cultural a lot of times because you're Italian. And and I think that's more culturally like uh, expected, right? Yeah. Uh, I I come from a culture that has no culture. I, I feel like a lot of white people in the Midwest we're all just sort of mutts. I'm German, Dutch, English, and Irish. I relate to none of those things, and so the only thing about my culture is like I'm from Ohio, and that's not that's not a culture. That's not a thing. If you look at like uh, like like black families, oftentimes you'll see this with like athletes. One athlete makes it, or a musician, or somebody really pops off and makes a lot of money. And then the rest of the family sort of has an expectation they're going to pay for the whole family. Exactly. You're paying for the cookout next summer. Like you're you're helping me with my house payment. You're buying me a new car. Yeah. And it oftentimes happens. And you see so many, uh, especially young black athletes who make millions of dollars in the NFL for a few seasons or or the NBA, right? And then they're not LeBron James. They're not playing for 20 years. They're playing for four or five. And a year after they leave the league, they're broke. Because they don't, they're never really taught. They don't come from the greatest school system. Sometimes they're not taught how to manage their money. They're not taught that listen, this money doesn't last forever, and you can't just share it with every single person. But oftentimes, unfortunately, the expectation is from family members like this mom that you got to help out, you got to pitch in, and it's it's all for the family, right? Yeah. I've never been of that mindset, and my family's never made me feel that either. Now, I've owed my parents money most of my life because <laughs> they helped me through college. And that's something, you know, that I've had to take care of. But, like, the o- the opposite has never happened. I've never just p- help pay their bills yeah. unless I'm paying back some debt. Yeah. And that's a little different. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that uh, I think you just you can't kind of you just cannot put that kind of pressure on your kids. No. Okay, I just want to acknowledge something really quickly. I know my husband's not listening. We went to Lil Nas X last night. He's still very much asleep. But he's been oh, doing, good night, honey. He's been uh, picking up an old uh, skill. He's been crocheting, right? Love this boy. And now he crochets. Stupid idiot. Well, he crochets shirtless on TikTok now. It's his thing. He does a few push-ups beforehand, puts a little lotion on the on the pecs, and he crochets. We shirtless. love that guy. And our producer Vanessa just said, "Oh my God, I watched him the other day. It was so comforting and soothing, or something. What was it? Relaxing? Yeah, just like re- he was crocheting, and I was just watching him loop the the thing, and I was like, it's mesmerizing. I literally was mesmerized, and I, and then he like uh, comments on people's like, that's not how you do it. It's like da da da, and I'm literally just watching him crochet and like." Tell people, no, I'm doing it right, guys. Oh my gosh! Okay, so I love it. As, I love that you shared that. Uh, his name's Emil Ennis Jr. By the way, go follow him on all social media, uh, and he does these crochet. Uh, I'm leaving town for a few days, so he's going to be crocheting a lot on TikTok. Like I'm sure. I want to crochet now. I do too. I want to learn it, but I'm also trying to let him have his own thing. Yeah. You know, he has a date night planned for me tonight. You know what we're doing? We're going and taking a pottery class. A That's pottery, so cute. Like think uh, ghost. I love that. So if we don't have sex after this pottery class, I'm going to be very, very disappointed. Listen, you're headed to pottery, and Lisa and I are headed to Greece. I know. I can't believe it. And the last time we went on an out-of-country vacation, she made us take, like, a waltzing class. <laughs> and I was like, is this what you want to do, babe? And she was like, yeah, I do. And I was like, okay, all right, did you use? Did you use it? We've used it at weddings. Okay. We've put, we used it at your wedding. Oh, God. I'm glad I didn't see it. I don't know if it was it. any good, but... Okay, how about, 
How about this? Well, thank you so much because you know what, Vanessa, it's difficult to make friends at any age, right? And he's in his 30s now, and he needs new friends. You're now one of them. Uh, but one Reddit user revealed in a recent post that as a young person in his mid-20s, he's also had a lot of trouble making friends. He said oh, he's kept a, kept a few golden friends over the years. You're in your 20s, and you're calling them golden friends. That's your first mistake, dude. Uh, yet lately, he'd been working so much, he hardly noticed that that's all he ever did. Um, and I, I feel like this person's experience is very much not unique. It's so my husband and I talk about this all the time. It is so difficult to make friends as an adult. I'm 42 years old and to make a new friend is like seems like the most impossible thing in the entire world to do. Because you know, while jobs get in the way. Yeah. And if you're in a relationship, I'm sorry, game over. You're probably friends with other couples. That's it. Well, you guys are our friends. You're like our only friends and you're Yeah. Relationship. Have you guys broke up? We never talked to either of you ever again. I well, it's crazy because <laughs> I've got like last week I finally made it a point to see like three of my very, very good longtime friends here in L.A. They came to my album release party, and I did not get to really see them. So I saw them all three individually last week, and it took my entire schedule just to see one person each day. It's just... it. It really, like, if you have... And Lisa happened to be out of town, so that was also, like, the benefit of it all. It opened you up to go... Yes. yes. Right? And, and, like, I canceled all my work stuff last week so I could do that. So I literally had to have Lisa go out of town and cancel, like, regular work stuff Mm -hmm. just so I could go have, like, a friend date. And hope that they don't cancel on you because adults cancel. All the time. When you're young, you're like, I can't miss anything. I'm afraid. When you're older, I'll cancel. I'll cancel on everybody. Oh, you can't wait to see who's canceling first. Will it be me? Will it be me? Will it be you? Nobody knows. <laughs> yeah, it's difficult. I think it's just hard because, um, yeah, like you said, unless you've been lifers. Yeah. It's <laughs> like I'm going to see some friends this weekend in Ohio, which I'm really excited about. But they're friends I've had since I was five. Do you know what I mean? I see him once a year, every other year, every yeah. three years maybe. Yeah. No pressure whatsoever. That's a good thing with lifers though. There's no pressure. Yesterday, yeah. my friend that I grew up with since we were two years old, my brother's graduating the army in November. So she's going because she's known him since before he was alive. He loves her like his other sister. She texted me yesterday all of these Airbnbs that will stay out while we're in Missouri. And my sister-in-law was on the group chat as well. And I was like, can you guys stop? Because I'm not looking at these Airbnbs. I got to do other things today. And they're like, oh, yeah, girl, don't worry. But yeah, you, this is not your thing. We'll book it and we'll just send it to you. And I was like, thanks, gals. Bye. But like, that's what you get with lifers. They get it. Mm, I, I believe it's pronounced misery. I, I've been there. Oh, to Missouri? Misery. I, don't you remember when I went two years ago in that snowstorm? And it was what? Misery. Miserable. Okay. Well, you know that. Oh God, what was her? I made the decision. You made the and decision. I stuck with it at a young age. Yeah. Well, no, Friends wasn't what we were watching in my household as a young age. What like, were you watching? We were watching General Hospital, like normal people. Okay. Like Friends weren't not that was like not happening in Italian in an so, Italian household. So you don't know about Janice? Oh, Janice the is character the character of the Italian who's obsessed with Joey Tribbiani, like the, the iconic Italian. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. There's so much oh, Italian yes. like love on Friends. No, and I love you that. You could have played like her like little sister, her niece or something. She's very much like a nanny type character. Oh, very upset. nasally. Did like, this come out at the same time that the nanny was out? Around, yes. Same era. Oh, interesting. Well, played well, by Maggie, well, Maggie, well, well. Maggie Wheeler. 
turns out. Um, but we're not talking about Joey. We're not talking about any of those other characters. We're talking about uh, Chandler Bing, Matthew Perry. Uh, he's our What's Poppin' story. What's going on? Okay, well, uh, Matthew Perry nearly died from opioid overuse and secretly spent weeks in a coma. Troubled friends started with... Wow. He had 14 stomach surgeries, used a colostomy bag for nine months, and has been in rehab 15 times as he lays his addiction issues bare. After having his first taste of alcohol at the age of 13, he continued drinking and was described opioids in 97 to cope with the pain after suffering a jet ski accident. Talking about his starring role on Friends at age 24, his alcohol addiction was starting to resurface. At one point during his friend's career, he admits he was taking 55 Vicodin a day and was down to 128 pounds, but yet he did not know how to stop. In 2021, the cast of Friends reunited on screen for the first time in 17 years after being delayed by a year due to the pandemic. 55 Uh, Vicodin a day? Yes, yes, at 128 pounds. One Vicodin makes me feel weird. Yeah. Oh, I've I had hate a back, Vicodin. I had Vicodin for a back injury. It makes me feel I, funny. When I got my boobs done, they gave me the Vicodin, and I was like, I'd rather just be in pain. I was so itchy. Ugh, you're, you're I hated it. Thirty-four. I think we say breasts now. What I say? My boobs. My boobies. What are you eight? My boobs. No, uh, most really... women do. Who says breasts? <laughs> and this is a medical term. No, this is heartbreaking. All right, though. this is very sad, but also really, really, really important. Because to know that the star of Friends was so severely addicted to alcohol and opioids mm-hmm. shows it doesn't, you can be on top of the world yep. and it thousand, can mean you nothing. And also allow this to give comfort to people who are suffering from addiction. I feel like when people feel seen, it normalizes how they feel. And, you know, he was on the top of his game. Chandler Bing was wanted, but also off screen was wanted mm-hmm. by every woman. Yep. Well, yeah. You know, like he had the life. It, it got looked like. so bad that just four years ago he was given a two percent chance of survival because of the opioid addiction and his colon burst. I mean, he's been through it. Just that, and I'm so glad you said that because it is so easy to look at other people's lives and to be like, wow. They're so lucky. They have a multi-million dollar home or a career. Or they're famous and this, that, and whatever. There are a lot of really, really, really miserable famous people. I know many of them. I would actually, I would go so far as to say like a majority of them are probably not the happiest people in the world. Yeah. And, and just because you might seem like you have it all, everybody's going through something. So just be kind. He also says um, that he was sober all of season nine, and that was the year that he was nominated for Best Actor. Isn't that wild? He said that he went on and off. It was very difficult. He did say, though, as the disease got worse and more progressive, and as he got older, he does note that all of his castmates were very understanding and very patient with him. And they've stood by him this entire time. They're actually, like, real friends, all six of them. They really are. They're really, really close. And he says there's entire, like, seasons, like, not just entire episodes, entire seasons he does not remember doing from friends that's what he said in, in the reunion he's like i don't remember that season at all i don't remember shooting that scene i don't remember this episode at all because he was so out of it oh god well listen and kudos look. to courtney cox for being a scene partner in those later years because yeah. they got married like she was really like all of them but courtney in particular pulling him along and helping him you know if yep. he's making, they were making a million dollars an episode yeah, listen. 24 episode seasons at the time. You never have to walk away from somebody. I mean, look at all this patience and everything. 2% chance to live and now he's alive to tell his story. Wow. It's so important. Ugh, love him. Okay, coming up in our final hour, where would you travel to if you all of a sudden lost your vision? An interesting thing to think about and where would you go? We'll talk about it next. 
The Morning Beat, Channel Q. How would you spend your days if you found out that you were going to go blind and there was no oh cure God. whatsoever? Well, a couple of parents up in uh, in Canada, Edith LeMay and Sebastian Pelletier, uh, recently discovered that three out of their four children will lose their vision. They're going to go blind. And it is a disease that is not curable. Uh, it can happen at a very young age. You might live until your you know, 40s and hold on to your vision. There's no real way for doctors to tell when these children are going to lose their vision. They just know that they will. From the time they are born, they can't see at night, these three children. Um, so it's already difficult. But during the daytime, they have perfect vision for the most part. The oldest daughter, I think, has to wear a hat in the sun because her eyes water and it makes it kind of difficult for her. But by and large, they still have their vision right now. And when the parents were faced with this right before the pandemic, uh, they were saying, like, what, what are we going to do? What can we, we could we could cry about this. We could sit at home and just feel sorry for ourselves or we can get out into the world and create memories, which is exactly what they're doing. They're taking their kids all over the world on these massive adventures, vacations, and letting them make visual memories so that when they do lose their vision, they'll be able to say, I did a safari in Africa and I got to see a lion in real life. I got to hike uh, the, the Great Wall of China with my parents when I was seven. Like these are the things that are gonna be imprinted in their, in their memories forever, whether or not they can ever see again. How incredible is this? You know, I literally am like sucking back this ball in my throat so hard because it's not in comparison. But, you know, we've had Bruno for 10 years. He'll be 11. And when Lisa got him, he was a puppy. Like he was like mm. a happy, crazy, wild boy. Um, and he got diagnosed with diabetes. And again, I'm not comparing our dog to these children. Of course not. But just in my own experience, we love our dog so much. And he got diabetes and he's started to go blind now going mm. into his 11th year. And it's so weird to see this like little dog that you've loved who was like a puppy who he like did all these things with slowly go blind. And so Lisa will literally like make him look at her face Aww. and like take him to run in. It's like the sweetest thing. So he remembers. Thing. So he remembers when he goes blind. Now you're crying. What is wrong with me? That now made me cry so hard. You didn't cry about these three kids, but you're now you're crying about it the dog. It was making me think about the kids because <laughs> no. just to imagine like, yeah. you know, just life is so fragile. What if you got three kids that are never going to see your face again someday and you're their mother? Of course. So you like take them on these safaris. Like it's mm. so beautiful. Like what a beautiful parenting thing to do and you know they do say that your senses get so much stronger and you will always like have those moments imprinted in your mind but that's got to be a really tough call and what a beautiful positive way to look at this Just un they took them on a hot air balloon and a ride in turkey right it was a surprise to these kids and they all got to like pick something that they really really wanted to do before they lost their sight um, and they said that their daughter Mia wanted to go horseback riding and swim with dolphins so they did that they said their their uh, their son uh, Leo wanted to see Pokemons. They're still trying to figure out how to make that happen. Oh my god! <laughs> Those are cartoons. But their son Colin wanted to go on a train, uh, which they also did. And then their daughter, or then Laurent, wanted to drink juice on a camel. So they went on a camel ride, literally in the desert, and brought a juice box so that he could have his juice on a camel. 
That was one of this little, like, I think he's four or five. Just as I want a juice on a camel. Like, your little kid, these are the, the simple things you think about. Yeah. But they took a picture of it, and they, it's a family joke now. They say juice on a camel all the time. That's so sweet. I, it's just like, because here's the thing. Nothing's guaranteed, and it's interesting because the older I get, turning 40 was the biggest blessing. And I know that those out there listening who maybe you're in their 50s or 60s or 70s or 80s are saying, (laughs) wait till you get older, right? But there is something, although we might not be as physically capable or built or our faces might not look the same as when we were younger, there's something really beautiful in growing older. And as I look back, I'm, I'm more prone to think about all the things I wish I'd done differently and do them now. A thousand percent. Because I was like, I have my entire life ahead of me. Maybe you don't. But also take this as a lesson too. Like we have our vision. So we take that for granted because we just were born with vision. We were born with both hands. We were born with both feet. Yeah. You know, and it's like you can't get too complacent and you can't get too comfortable. And why aren't we going to have juice on camels without the possibility of going blind? Just because. Because you can. Because we're grateful for life. Yeah. It's a really, really great reminder that nothing is promised. Yeah, it's beautiful. And I love these parents so much. I know. Kudos to this family. Really, really great parenting. Absolutely. Tell me something good. You know I love love. Of course. Uh, My husband and I got to audition for a commercial yesterday, and we got to wear our tuxedos from our wedding. And it was like a moment. We were like, oh, we haven't worn these since the day we said I do. Right? A very special moment. And don't get to wear your your look very often. But if you live in Hollywood, you might get to wear it two or three times. (laughs) But um, that's why this story really stood out. It's a couple from Columbus, Ohio, my hometown. I'm actually flying there this weekend. I will be in Columbus with my family. Uh, They're getting a lot of love on TikTok, though. Because uh, Corey Francis and Trevor Turk, they were down in Puerto Vallarta, which is beautiful, by the way. A little bit of a gay haven. You know, you and I have vacationed there before. Yes, we love it. And they decided to propose to each other at exactly the same time. These guys go out on the beach at sunset for a proposal. Trevor had one and so did Corey. So they both proposed to each other. Oh my God, I love that. That's wild because in my relationship, we always sort of knew I would propose. And in yours, you sort of know that Lisa will propose. And that's Only because she's made it a point that she wants to propose. Well, also because you've called her Daddy Lisa or Zaddy Lisa for oh. all these years. It makes her feel like the man. Yeah, but I also know Astra on our first date. Like, there's no rules when it comes to that. Yeah. I would have been on my knees. Ours, I always knew I wanted to be the one. Yeah. And Emil always knew he wanted to be proposed to. Yeah. He I makes mean, it clear. He's like, we're both husbands, but... You have to propose to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this is really sweet. Really, really sweet. Uh, sweet. I don't know. Can I say the search the queue now? Queer love. How about that? Yes, I love that. Congrats, fellas. I'll look for you this weekend. Okay. Well, this is also really great news. Uh, Jeff Bezos' ex, Mackenzie Scott, has just been donating so much money. Um, and she's now donated $84.5 million to the Girl Scouts of the USA Amid her divorce, the Youth Organization for Girls announced in a press release on Tuesday that the philanthropist 52 donated $84.5 million to their cause. Uh, They said, we are so appreciative of Mackenzie Scott's gift. This is a great accelerator for our ongoing efforts to help girls cultivate the skills and connections needed to lead in their own communities and globally. Girl Scouts also shared that the funds will be used to create more equitable membership opportunities programs that will prepare girls for career readiness and mental wellness, bolster research staff and volunteer training, and invest in bettering the organization's camp properties. 
Okay, listen, we love the Girl Scouts. We love the Girl Scout cookies. I was a Girl Scout. I haven't been a Girl Scout in a million years. What's your favorite cookie? Um, The Caramel Delights. Oh, you're a weirdo. You're a weirdo. Those are like little Twix bars, kind of. You're a weirdo. They have chocolate on them, right, too, right? No, they've got the coconut, caramel, oh, co- but you hate coconut. Isn't it you that hates coconut? Oh, did they used to be called Samoas? Yes. Oh, Caramel Delight. That's just stupid. That's what they call them now? I think they, No, I think they were Caramel Delights, and they're called Samoas now. Oh, God. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. I love Thin Mints. I could eat a whole row of them out of the freezer. They're amazing. I also like the, is it Dosi Dos or Tagalongs? The ones that have the peanut butter sandwiches. Okay. I appreciate Phenomenal. those. I like the little shortbread ones, too. So do I. Incredible. Shortbread gets me every Goodbye. time. So mm. good. All right. Well, as always, thank you so much for listening to our show. We hope you have an amazing rest of your day. Don't forget to tune into Loveline tonight to listen to Dr. Chris Donahue. And we'll have a great show for you tomorrow. See you then. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.